Uh, let me introduce myself to you first of all. Uh, my legal name is Richard Jackson, but everybody calls me Jake. It's a nickname I've had since college, and and uh, so I'm Brother Jake. Um, I uh, to tell you a little bit about my background. Um, I was raised. Uh, my my religious background is I was raised in a in a Jewish home, except. Uh, it was really a secular home. We didn't uh, we didn't go to synagogue. We didn't uh, we didn't pray at meals. We didn't. I don't remember my parents praying ever. Um, and uh, you know, we it was a cultural thing. All of our all of our relatives are Jewish, um, but you know, I, none of them, as far as I know, would keep the Sabbath. None of them kept kosher. Uh, we were just um, you know that that was our that was our heritage. They did send us to uh, religious school, like Sunday school for children, to learn some of the Bible stories and and some of that kind of stuff. Um, when I was thirteen, I had my bar mitzvah, uh, so we we did that. So you know we celebrate occasionally. We'd celebrate some of the holidays. Um, the food is pretty good, but. Uh, you know, it was it was really just a, a secular upbringing. Um, and uh, when I was in college at the University of Florida, there was uh, a man and his wife uh, would come on campus. His name was Jed Smock. And uh, apparently he would go uh, around college campuses around the country and he would go and uh, and just preach to to the kids he, he would come to there was a courtyard by the by the library a big open green space and he would come there and and he would preach and uh you know it wouldn't wasn't the style of preaching that i would recommend you know he would point at people and and you know be kind of insulting towards them but he, you know he did preach the word of god and um and Fortunately, I was at a at a time in my life where I was, you know, I was searching. I was open. If you asked me at that time what my religion was, I would have told you I'm agnostic. And because um, yeah, I figured, well, you can't nobody can prove if God exists. Nobody can prove God doesn't exist. So um, you just can't know. And so um, so I'm agnostic. And, uh, you know, after a while, uh, I guess in some moments of, of honest contemplation, um, I realized that, that that was not a satisfactory answer. It was no answer at all for me to say, what's my religion? I don't know, is essentially what I was saying. And, um, and it also occurred to me that, um, or at some point it occurred to me that, you know, to, to, to be agnostic, you're saying that you don't know if God exists or God doesn't exist. You don't know exactly what what you believe. Um, and um, my experience with that and the experience, as far as I can observe, for just about anybody else who says they're agnostic, you're claiming you believe that maybe God exists and maybe God doesn't exist. But you live your life or I lived my life at that time kind of under the assumption that God didn't exist. I did my own thing. I wasn't worried about what was, um, you know, more, what was right or wrong or, or moral or immoral as long as I didn't get caught. Um, 
and uh, you know just did my own thing and and really didn't give any thought to god most of the time but then you know sometimes i did and i think uh brother smock coming on campus and um and preaching was one of the things that that kind of brought the questions you know to it, to my mind you know in in more focus uh you know what if god is real uh you know who was jesus christ and who did he claim to be and you know is the bible true or is it all fairy tales and um you know and i i started i, I finally started to um contemplate you know well well what if god is real you know i was kind of like oh you can't prove god's real or isn't and so you just live your life as if you know just ignoring it and um and so i i began to to really think about you know well what if god is real and and i guess the lord put a desire in my heart you know to know him because if if god is real um then what am i doing what am i doing with my life what am I doing? You know, if if there's a a God out there, like like all these Christians describe, and all the, even the believing Jews describe, um, you know, if God is out there, then I want to have a relationship with Him. I want I want to know Him. I want I you know, what am I doing with my life, ignoring God and and apart from God? That doesn't make sense. If God is real, then okay, let's worship him. Let's find out who he is. So that was kind of my approach. And I wasn't saved yet. I was just, I was just searching. And, um, and I ended up, uh, you know, really started, started reading through a, a Bible. Um, and I started in, in Matthew chapter one. And I, because I, I wanted to get some questions settled. So I, I was reading, um, Kind of as a skeptic, you know, my I, I was keeping an open mind, um, but I was um, I kind of expected that I'm going to find all kinds of contradictions, and I'm going to find you know reasons to to just reject the whole thing and say, oh, this is all nonsense, it's all fairy tale, whatever. And um, but I read it, you know, I I read it like I said with an open mind, you know, I come across something that you know I wasn't wasn't sure about or wasn't comfortable with I said okay put that aside and keep going and I and I kept reading through it because I, I really wanted to I really wanted to come to a conclusion and I thought I was going to come to the conclusion well it's not this and throw that out and then look for something else or, or whatever um, but to my surprise um, I found that the Bible wasn't like any other book that I'd ever read um, it had I don't know and I always get kind of goosebumps whenever I describe this, but um, I it had a power to it that I just that I just couldn't couldn't uh, explain or couldn't describe that that you know I'm reading something that that has has a a, a depth of reality to it that is is not like anything else that you can pick up and read and uh, and I still didn't get saved right away, but. Um, you know, in course of time, it was actually a, a, a few years later uh, that I called on the Lord to to save me and forgive my sins. I put my trust in Him. I understood that that uh, that Jesus died for my sins and He and He rose again, and um, and that I needed to call on Him to 
to be forgiven and to have a relationship with him and to and to become a Christian. And so and so I did that. So I wanted to get that out of the way, first of all, just so you know that I am a Christian. And uh, so praise the Lord. I, I thank him for that. And um, so but I didn't get saved till uh, till after law school. I, after I graduated college. Um, I ended up going to law school, uh, got my law degree. And uh, and it was after my first child was born and um, I was privileged to uh, be present while when he was born. And um, and I just believed that I had just witnessed a miracle that, you know, you uh, God is just so good and so wonderful and so powerful. And and, uh, you know, you see a baby come into the world and. And uh, so that that touched my heart. And it wasn't long after that 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 uh, that I called on the Lord. And uh, and there were many people along the way that that helped me get to that to that point. And um, so anyway, praise the Lord. Uh, I um, how we got started with this gospel advocates ministry is. Many years later, uh, in 1994, we started going to the church that we attend now, which is the Bible Baptist Church in Deland, Florida. And that church does a lot of public ministry. We go out on the public sidewalks. Um, you know, we we have somebody out there every Friday afternoon. We've, we're out there holding signs and passing out tracts and, and preaching. Uh, we go to the local parades and football games and events of all different kinds. We have, um, you know, just a, a lot of outreach ministry. That that church has has a, a strong emphasis on evangelism, and so being involved in some of that evangelism or the uh, we would have situations where we would run into difficulties. Um, you know, we'd go to, I think the, the first one that, that really got me started on this was um, a nearby town called Mount Dora, Florida, it has a big art festival. They have a great big park and, um, and they, they block off the streets so that cars can't drive in that area, but the people are allowed in, uh, you know, people walk in through on the streets or on the sidewalks and come into this big park. And um, and they've got all kinds of stuff going on there, and it draws thousands and thousands of people um, every day that that it's open. And so our church would go there to uh, to distribute literature and to, to preach. We had scripture signs that we would hold, and and um, and of course, when you go to an event like that, the people who sponsored the event um, don't want you there because this is their event, and they. You know, they got a permit and they they think that that they've essentially rented the, the park, which is legally not how that works. But anyway, so so they didn't want us there. And so they asked the police to come and tell us that we could not do that there. And that's what the police did. They said, you, you can't you can't come in here through the through the park grounds and hand out your literature to people in here because this is a permitted event and even though the public was invited they told us we we couldn't do that there and um and they had a 
designated area. They called it a designated free speech area and said, you can do your stuff over there. Um, and so we kind of debated with them and, you know, we ended up talking with the chief of police. We talked with the city attorney and it prompted me to do a lot of legal research to find out, you know, well, what, what rights do we have and what, you know, what is the city allowed to do or not allowed to do in terms of restricting us there? And, uh, you know, and so we had that, we had many other situations. We have our, our, uh, town is, um, just a, a few miles, about 15 or 20 miles from Daytona beach. And we would have, uh, people every Saturday night, we go to Daytona beach out to the boardwalk there and pass out literature and stuff. And we had hassles from the Daytona beach police, um, with trying to do our ministry there. So I had to, you know, do some research there and deal with the city attorney and the police chief with all of that. And, and, uh, you know, and we, we got all of that straightened out, but we realized that that was, um, most churches don't have an attorney attending, um, at least most churches that are fundamental, um, you know, and that do, do some evangelistic outreach, you know, most of them don't have an attorney to, to, um, kind of, sort those things out with the officials. And so um, that was part of the reason for uh, starting this ministry. Also, I had done over the course of, of a, a few years, I had done so much research and I had to get the research organized um, because I know there was a case that said this and there was a case that said that. And and I had I felt like I was starting over each time something came up. So I put it all together in organized form and and um, and ended up uh, self-publishing this booklet, Public Evangelism Under the First Amendment. And, um, you know, I, I understood how courts look at free speech issues and and the different types of of uh, problems that come up with that as far as, you know, what restrictions are attempted to be imposed on on people that want to exercise their free speech rights, not just evangelism, but, but anything, you know, political protests or, or, you know, all, all kinds of things. Um, you know, the laws is, is the same for, for those as it is for evangelism. But, but I wrote this, um, you know, specifically focused on, on, uh, evangelism and, um, and, you know, we would have, because, um, our pastor, uh, he goes, it's James Knox. He goes, uh, he's well known around the country. He goes to many different churches and, uh, he preaches in many different churches and, and revival meetings and, and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of other ministries that we are, uh, that are familiar with us and we're familiar with them and they would be doing something and have a problem with the authorities with their evangelism. And they would call brother James, you know, well, what do we do with this kind of thing? And he would, refer them to me and I would try to answer their questions and, and help them, um, you know, just over the phone. And, uh, and so we decided to, to form this, this ministry, um, with the focus on number one training, like we're doing today to help people understand what their rights are to understand, you know, the, some of the best approaches to, to how to handle, um, doing evangelism in public and, and what kinds of things to, to look out for. So we, we do training, we do, um, 
you know, education. We, I distribute these booklets all over the, the country. Um, you know, they're, I don't charge anything for them. Uh, I don't charge anything for the seminars. It's all, you know, it's a Christian ministry. And, uh, you know, we, we are happy to, to go ahead and, and do that. So, um, so we have training, we have education, and then as needed, we have, um, you know, kind of intervention into a situation um, where I've had people from all over the country say, you know, we're trying to do this and here's what, here's what the police are telling us, or here's, you know, some hassle that we're, we're coming to. And, um, and so what I will do then is um, look up the local ordinances or whatever, you know, whatever is applicable and I'll contact the, whoever the officials are, city manager or mayor or police chief or, you know, wherever the, the point of the problem is, I'll contact those people and just try to work through the problem with them. We don't go around the country filing lawsuits. That's not what my, not what this ministry is about. There are other Christian ministries that will do that. Um, but I didn't see any other Christian ministries out there that are doing what we're doing, which is not waiting for somebody's rights to be violated and then and then bring a lawsuit. We're trying to help people avoid those problems to begin with and try to work through them. And um, because what we're trying to do is get the gospel out. We want we want people to hear the gospel. We want people to hear about Jesus Christ and the word of God. And um, if if you have been shut out of a venue because some public officials did something wrong, you can go ahead and say, all right, well, we're going to file a lawsuit. Well, now, instead of doing your evangelism in that venue, now you're involved in years of litigation to hopefully get get to the right result. But what we want to do is get the people that want to be out there preaching the gospel back out there preaching the gospel. And so, um, so we, we do that. I'm not licensed to practice law in any jurisdiction other than Florida. Um, but when I had people in, um, you know, in Tennessee or, or North Carolina or Connecticut or, or wherever, um, call me with questions, I can, I can go ahead and, and try to talk them through it. And I mean, I've had people tell me, call me, um, and I've got my business cards back there. You take, take my business cards. That's my cell phone number on that card. And I've, I've gotten calls from people saying I'm out here on the street, passing out tracks in front of this, you know, LGBT festival and I've got a police officer right here telling me I can't do this. Would you talk to him about it? And then they hand their phone to the police officer. And now I'm trying to find out, okay, well, what's going on? Why are you, you know, what is, what is the issue here? And try to try to talk them through it. And sometimes we can solve the problem right there. And if we can, then the gospel continues to go out. And so, you know, so that's what we want to do is, is try to, um, you know, facilitate that. So, so that's kind of the, the background. And, um, and so what we're going to do here today, uh, it, I'm going to start out with the biblical foundation for public evangelism. And, uh, and hopefully that'll be a, a blessing. Um, and 
and then we'll get into some of the some of the constitutional and legal issues and and some of the real practical um, advice, practical aspects of some of the do this and don't do that to help help keep you out of trouble. And and you know again, what we want to do is if somebody wants to be on the sidewalk passing out tracts or holding up a scripture sign or preaching. Uh, we want them. We want them out there doing it, and and uh, so we we'll, we'll try to try to help you avoid problems that can that can get you shut down. So, and there will be uh, several opportunities for asking questions, also. So um, so we'll, we'll get to that too. So let me start with. Let's get the lights. Thank you, Miss Hannah. All right. So. Um, the first first question is is why evangelize in public and first of all we are commanded to evangelize uh this is jesus words here see if my toy works um go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature so uh, you know the lord wants his message out there in the world and um and it's you know it's a command so we should we should be willing to do that it's also our purpose as you read the bible uh it's acts 1 8 says but ye shall receive power after that the holy ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me so he calls us his witnesses and so if we're his witnesses we need to testify. We need to, we need to go out and, you know, it doesn't mean you have to get a megaphone and, and preach out loud. You can hand out gospel literature. Uh, you can talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, you know, knock on doors, uh, hold scripture signs. And, um, you know, there's lots of ways to, to get that message out, but we all should be concerned about, about doing that. And, um, so, you know, and we don't all have to do that in public, but, you know, every, everyone who is a born again Christian should, should want to see other people become born again Christians and, and to be willing to, to take part in, in the Lord's ministry. So uh, every, another reason is, is because everyone has a need to be saved, right? Uh, there's none righteous, no, not one. Um, everyone needs to hear about the Savior. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So, um, you know, we want to we want to uh, talk to whether it's one on one or multitudes, like it is in this slide. Um, you know, we want to let people know the gospel because they need to hear it. You know, everyone has a need to be to be saved, and um, also, um, they won't know if we don't tell them. By the way, this slide here, just to give you some background, this was um, in Daytona Beach. Uh, we were on our way to uh, a NASCAR stadium and traffic was backed up for, for miles. We, uh, we got out, out of the van and, uh, and started walking to the to the venue because we were going to get there quicker walking than we would but but uh, just a little caveat here i would not recommend trying to uh stand in a highway median 
with scripture signs. We were, we were just coming from one place to another and just took the opportunity to do that. If the police came and said, you couldn't do that there, they'd be right. So, you know, we want to, we do want to obey the law. Um, you know, so anyway, so as the Bible says, you know, how shall they believe in whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher? And the thing is, they're not going to hear it for the most part from TV or from Hollywood or from uh, the education system or from, you know, big business. You know, I mean, if Christians don't tell people how to become a Christian, nobody else is going to tell them. And so, you know, and I mean, even churches, you know, there's you can say, well, you know, they can if they have if they're curious, they can go into a church. Well, number one, maybe they're not curious now, but they would be if you handed them a gospel tract or if you had a smile on your face and and uh, held up a, a sign that, that told them that Jesus will save their soul. Um, but even if they wander into a church, um, it's you can't count on that church giving them the gospel and, and <laughs> giving it in a biblically sound way. So those of us who know the truth, we need to be the ones to to get out there and, and, and spread that message. So, all right. So then we get into uh, what to preach and what not to preach. And what we're commanded to do is preach the gospel. And, you know, you have this is a legal constitutional seminar. You have the right to preach anything you want to preach. But looking at it from the from a biblical foundation of, of why should Christians want to go out there and evangelize, you know, the gospel is 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 the power of God. So, um, you know, we want to let people know that that Christ died and was buried and rose again. All of that for their sins. Uh, we preach the cross of, of Christ, repentance toward God, faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, that's that's the message that we're assigned to give. And there are other things that that people do proclaim publicly. But, you know, we're not there to talk about politics or lifestyles or philosophies, pet doctrines, particular sins. Um, what we want to do is is preach the gospel. And, you know, I know there are there are many um, people that go out and they have just particular things that that they are riled up about for lack of a better word and that's what they preach and it you know and it may be um fornication or it may be drunkenness or it may be homosexuality or whatever and they they go out and and that's what they hit and they hit it hard every time and sometimes they never get to the gospel because they're just preaching against whatever it is they're preaching against right and the thing is if you go out and you preach against drunkenness for example and you're successful in persuading the people that hearing you that are hearing you that you know what drinking is wrong i should quit drinking if they quit drinking but they don't accept christ as their savior they'll go to hell sober but they're still going to hell you know they can they can live as 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 clean as as a mormon but if they don't have the gospel and they don't believe it then you, you know you haven't you haven't done their soul any good so so you know, they then 
Christ sent us to, to preach the gospel, and that's what we should be doing. And my recommendation is, is primarily to preach the word of God. The Bible gives these promises. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And my word shall not return unto me void. And, um, you know, you can you can preach a gospel message without ever quoting a Bible verse. But I recommend quoting some Bible verses while you're while you're preaching. Um, you know, even if you just start off with John three sixteen, or you have one verse or two verses that you've memorized, you know, I'm not saying everything that comes out of your mouth needs to be a scripture verse, uh, you know, preach the word and, and we want to expound. We want to, we want to, um, you know, make sure that, that we're getting the, the understanding across. But as I said before, there, there really is power in the word of God. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, that's, that's what we, that's what we want to preach. Um, if you're preaching your opinion about something, well, everybody's got an opinion. And, uh, you know, everybody has their ideas of morality. Everybody has some kind of worldview that, that they um, adhere to. And, um, and that's just, uh, that, that's not what we're there for. You know, we want, we want to preach Christ Jesus the Lord. Okay, we want, we want people to know um, that, that that's, that that's uh, you know, what we're about. So, um, Next, we get to how to preach, and um, I would uh, say to be a good Christian witness, you should be polite and respectful and honorable. Um, you know, the Bible says as much as lieth in you, be uh, live peaceably with all men. Um, you know, we see some of our brethren out there that that do open air preaching that are that are really rough and um and it's 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 really not necessary um the gospel message is confrontational enough just the fact that you're letting people know that that they are not as good as they may think they are that they are that they uh, you know they are under condemnation because of their sin um that's kind of confrontational, but we don't have to be contentious when we, you know, confront them with that truth. And uh, so, like the Bible says, to speak the truth in love, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that we know how to how you ought to answer every man. And uh, you know, so there's there's no reason to to be to be ugly about it. And you're not going to, you know, you're not going to, what we're trying to do is, is reach men's hearts. We're trying to be persuasive. And if you're just going to be insulting to people, um, you're not likely to get very far with, with what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, but you know, the Bible tells us that that's, you know, this is what our, what our attitude should be. Um, so we want to obey the law um, you know, the Bible tells us that, that we are to submit to every ordinance of man um, um, and, you know, for for our conscience sake, you know, we're supposed to be subject uh, to the civil authorities that are that are uh, governing us. And um, 
and it's a good testimony. You know, we, we want to, we want to do what's, what's right. I mean, even, you know, if you're, if you're out there with a, a Jesus saves shirt on, or you're carrying a scripture sign and you're going to where you're going to be setting up to, to do your ministry, I wouldn't jaywalk. You know, I, I mean, I, I would, I would just, you know, try, try to, to, you know, to live as a, as a good citizen and show that you have respect for, for the laws of the community. And, uh, you know, and it's a, it's a good testimony because, um, you know, you don't, you don't want people, you don't want to give people a reason to reject the gospel because they see that your, your conduct doesn't, doesn't live up to, to, you know, the proper standards. So. Now, um, a lot of, uh, you know, as you know, there's uh, in the book of Acts a couple of times where the, uh, the disciples said to those that would forbid them to preach the gospel, they'd say, you know, we have to obey God rather than men, which is um, a favorite verse for rebellious Christians um, to take out of context. Um, if uh, if you are ever in the situation where, uh, in order to obey the Lord, you have to break the law, then you have then you have that dilemma, and and that may come into play. In this country, um, that's generally not going to happen. You can obey the law and obey the Lord's commands. Um, you know to to get the gospel out. Um, you know, it, it, nobody is nobody's going to say it's illegal for you to preach the gospel, and that's that's what the the disciples were were um, facing back there in Acts chapter four and Acts chapter five, um, and so you know we we don't have that we don't have that problem in this country, and uh, you know, and if we do, then then you got a choice to make, and. Uh, but it's it's not um, it's not an excuse for people just to reject, you know, all of all of civil authority over them. You know, the, the Bible specifically says we're supposed to be subject to to civil authority. And uh, so anyway, and then the next thing uh, is some of this practical how to stuff is uh, we need to be appropriate to the the setting to, to where you are you know you're when when we go out to to witness um one place we go to is not exactly like another place that we go to and so we need to have have some common sense um i'll give you an example we had one uh, very zealous young man in our church one time who uh he parked his pickup truck on the next to the curb, right by a restaurant that had an open sidewalk cafe. And he stood in the back of his pickup truck and he preached loudly to these people that were trying to enjoy a, a meal together. And they couldn't have a quiet conversation among themselves because he was making so much noise. Now, it's great that he that he wanted to go preach the gospel. It's great that he was coming up with you know, innovative ways to, to, to try to do that. But we had to rein him in and say, brother, this is not appropriate. Um, you know, it's, that's just obnoxious. And so, you know, we want to, uh, we want to be appropriate to the setting. 
um, when if you're if you're preaching uh, on the sidewalk to to people that are in cars, my recommendation is that you preach to the stopped traffic. If they come and they pull up at a red light, then you preach to them while they're stopped at the red light. And then when the traffic is is moving, you could preach to the other people that are stopped at the other red light or you can or you can be quiet. But if we're out there shouting at cars driving by, number one, they're not getting what you're what you're preaching. And number two, you look like a lunatic. You know, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. And these are not, you know, absolute you know, hard and fast rules, but, but just, again, just be appropriate to the situation that you're in. Um, another one that, that I recommend is if you have several, several people preaching, um, you know, at the same intersection, you know, if we have, uh, you know, a dozen people and we have two or three at, at each corner. And uh, my recommendation is, Preach one at a time. If somebody across the street from you is preaching, wait for them to get done and then preach. We had I <laughs> I did this this program at a at a church in Alabama one time and they had these young uh, preacher boys that were just ready to go. And, and uh, so we got down to this downtown area and they set up and they were all within shouting distance of each other. And they all started preaching at the same time. And this, someone was saying this and someone was saying that. And it was confusion. You know, if I mean, just look at it from the point of view of your intended audience. If you look at it from the point of view of someone that, that needs to hear the gospel, they come down here and here's four different guys shouting at the same time. Um, you know, it just it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. So, you know, we need to, you know, just kind of common sense stuff be be appropriate to the setting and then um finally we get to uh in this in this section uh talking about the the spirit and the flesh because your flesh does not want to do this you know i'll admit that my flesh does not want to do it um you know i have to have to purposely go out and and evangelize because my flesh would rather do something else or do nothing at all or do something that's not going to have any possibility of of uh you know of somebody frowning at me um and so we have to put down the flesh and and uh you know uh, go by this by the spirit and so there are several several things that i recommend in connection with this one is to pray before you before you go out there before you meet the first person in the public before you open your mouth or pull out a gospel tract to hand to somebody um it's a good idea to pray pray for the lord's blessing pray pray for his protection pray for him to to get your attitude right pray for him to prepare the hearts of the of the people that you're going to meet um it helps a lot to to pray and um if you just go out there in the strength of your own flesh then you're likely to get in the flesh and and make a mess of things so um and i will say this if you can't control your flesh then stay home don't do it 
You know, we have we have people that you know, one of our ministries in our local church um, every Saturday night, we have a group that goes to the boardwalk in Daytona Beach um, to hand out tracts on the boardwalk. We do some preaching. We hold scripture signs. Um, and there's lots and lots of people there. Most of them are very inappropriately dressed. And if that is something that is a problem for you and, and you can't keep yourself from ogling somebody that doesn't have enough clothes on, then don't go there. Pick a different ministry or, or you know, get that thing under control in your heart before you, before you do that. And, and not just that, but, but you know, some people have a, a short temper and, um, you know, they get all riled up. You know, if somebody uh, says something mean to you, uh, somebody says something obnoxious or, or ignorant or, or they, they cuss at you, those things happen sometimes. Uh, when we when we go out in public and and evangelize, and if your response is to to shout back at them and and um, you know try to put them in their place and and you have to get the last word and and uh, you know you're going to say mean things back to them, you know you're not you're not doing right and you know you have to get that under control before you decide you're going to go and and do this. And remember that our purpose, it's, it's the gospel of grace and reconciliation, which is what these people need. And if so if, so that if they don't respond to you in grace and kindness, um, it's because they need the Lord. And um, we're the ones that need to show that grace and kindness. And, and we're the ones that, that need to, uh, you know, they need to be reconciled to the Lord just like we did. And uh, so, you know, we should have some some compassion. Remember that you represent Jesus, you know, and, and you represent your local church and, you know, we want to maintain a good testimony. And remember um, that we're no better than they are. Hopefully our, our lifestyle and our conduct, conduct is better than, uh, than most of the people we run into. But, um, you know, we're not, we're not better than they are. We're not, uh, you know, they, we needed to be saved just like they needed to be saved. And, you know, if it wasn't for the grace of God, um, and, and him keeping us, we, we wouldn't, <laughs> we, we wouldn't, if you could lose it, you'd lose it. So, um, so, you know, we, we should have a humble attitude, you know, uh, remember this is first John one, eight is written to saved Christians. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. So, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, we're the, we're the wonderful spiritual people and, and everybody else is, is dirty, rotten sinners. Um, it's, it's not like that at all. We, you know, we have to, we have to have that humility. Be prepared. Some will try to provoke you. Some will try to discourage you. I don't know how many times, uh, you know, we've had, had people come up to us. They see what we're doing and they say, I'm a Christian, but and then they give their their reasons why uh, they think that we shouldn't be following the Lord's command and and be out there and. Uh, and, you know, or or other people that, that are not Christians will say, well, you know, well, why aren't you why aren't you feeding the, the poor? Why aren't you helping the, the homeless, um, you know, instead of being out here? 
you know, keep it in the church, blah, 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 all that stuff. Some will try to distract you. They'll, they'll come to you and, uh, you know, and they'll, they'll ask questions just, just to get you off track. Um, and uh, some will try to argue with you. We get the people that, that they have their pet doctrine, um, you know, and, and so they, you know, why aren't, why aren't you telling these people they need to be baptized or why aren't you, you know, whatever they, and, and all kinds of things. Many people in public will ignore you. You'll probably have more people walk by and ignore you than, than, than that say anything that's in any way contentious. Um, so, um, you know, that's, that's something that, that, you know that's going to happen when you go out there. Don't let any of those things bother you. You know we need we need to be Christ's representative representative out there. We need to show uh, you know the love and grace of God, and um, and you know not not worry about those things. This lady uh, right there, her name is Rowan. It's hard to see in this in this light. She's got green here. She uh, she has a sign that proclaiming that she's a happy atheist. Um, I can tell you she's not really happy. <laughs> she, she really isn't. Um, she has been out there. This is downtown Deland. She has been out there um, on the street corner every Friday afternoon for, what is it, nine years? Almost 10 years now. She's faithful to that, to that uh, ministry, if you call it that. Um, and, uh, so here's her sign, no fear, no guilt, happy atheist, no gods needed. And, um, you know, and people have said to us, you know, it's too bad that that atheist lady is down there. I don't think it's too bad that atheist lady is down there. I think it's good. You know, for one thing, um, if you have a stand selling bananas and somebody sets up a stand next to you selling rotten bananas, there's a nice contrast there that, yeah. that you can see. Um, plus, you know, we've had over the years so many times uh, that the local merchants have gotten together and tried to push the city council. You've got to try to do something about these, these preachers. They're, they're, uh, they're ruining our, our downtown. We go down there for an hour and a half on Friday afternoons. That's it. And, and, uh, and yet, you know, oh, they're destroying our businesses. They're they're pushing old ladies in the streets. They'll say all kinds of things um, to try to get them to make us stop going down there and proclaiming the gospel because it's just it's just um, offensive to them for for whatever reason. But um, anyway. Uh, we've had people down there that uh, that that would come out. Uh, we had we had one group of people. They had these great big banners on a pole, big signs on a pole, and they would come out when we were out there preaching. They they would come out with these big banners, and one of them said "blah blah blah," and another one held a, a sign, a big tall sign, and it said "yada yada yada." And that was their way of, of mocking, you know, what, what we were doing. Uh, we had, uh, at, w at one point we had people that, that came out, they, they had, they made a little drum circle and they were banging drums and 
people came out with with devil horns and um, just kind of crazy stuff. And uh, you know, if somebody asked asked me, what do you think about those people? Well, they have a right to be out here and proclaim whatever they want to proclaim too. You know, I don't have anything against them. They they need to be saved, but um, you know, that's that's all right. So, um, and, um, and let me say this also, that all these things are things that can get you in the flesh. All these things that are things that, that, you know, you're out there, you know, why don't they know that I'm out here, you know, because God told me to be out here and I'm giving them a message that's good for them and they're not appreciating it and you know and people get in the flesh in the flesh over all these things and probably even more than the ones that try to provoke you the ones that ignore you i just don't know how many times i've seen people out there passing out tracts or preaching or whatever and people walk by and sometimes they'll walk by and they'll they'll act like they don't like like they don't see you and they don't hear you they'll, they'll kind of look away a little bit and you know, may I give you something good to read about Jesus? No response. Just walk by as if you didn't exist. You know, you know, it makes me want to say, you know, hablas inglés. You know, do you, do you, did you not understand me? But um, anyway, so, but sometimes people will, they're they're being all these people are ignoring them and the. And I've seen people decide, well, now I'm now I'm going to just go ahead and, and call out this one that just walked by ignoring me. And they'll call after them and and say something ugly to them or say something real, you know, provoking to them. And that's not the way to conduct yourself. Don't get in the flesh. And uh, but it's something we need to think about and something we need to pray about before we go out there, because. Um, you know, no matter how long you've been saved, you still have this flesh that that gives you trouble. So, so anyway, all right. And so, and don't confuse your role, which is to be a witness, with the the role of the Holy Ghost, which is to provide conviction. Second uh, Timothy chapter two says, "A servant of the Lord must must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient." in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, which is, that's what's going on out there. They're mocking you, they're, they're you know, ride by on their motorcycle and they yell, um, you know, Satan rules or, or whatever, just to try to, but they're opposing themselves. You know, they, they need this and, and they don't know it. And it says, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. It's not our job to make somebody repent. It's our job to give them the, the, the word of God, give them the information, and hopefully we will uh, provoke somebody to repent. But, um, you know, we're, we're supposed to be witnesses and, uh, you know, and we're not, we can't control how somebody responds. You know, God didn't to say, go out and, and save people's souls. You know, only the Lord can save people's souls. He told us to go out and give them the message um, so that he could save them. So let me say this to, to the start. Um, the, uh, the First Amendment 
is in the federal constitution. Um, it applies also to all the states, local government, state government, federal government. Um, it applies to all of them. And uh, when, when we have a right to free speech, what that means is that the government uh, is limited in the laws or ordinances or policies that they can enact um, that restrict speech. And, um, and there are, have been many, and, and they're all over the place, there's all kinds of, of laws and ordinances that do respect, restrict people's speech. They're not all unconstitutional. Some of them are, are perfectly legitimate uh, constitutional um, actions of government to govern uh, the public. And some of them are unconstitutional, and they they cross cross the line, uh, the lines that the, the that the Constitution draws. Um, and when someone is uh, wants to is challenging a a um, restriction on speech, um, and and we'll get into that later. How I have a, a section specifically on how to challenge. Uh, unconstitutional policies. But um, when, when someone is doing that, it goes into the court system. And the courts have a, a typical pattern that they look at in order to, you know, to, to kind of set the legal parameters and, and figure out how do we analyze whether this is this, this uh, law or ordinance or whatever it is, whether that is a legitimate government restriction or whether it's an unconstitutional uh, restriction on speech. And so the, the first thing they look at typically is, are we talking about speech that's protected by the Constitution? And so, um, so that's, that, that's kind of a basic thing. There's all kinds of expressive activity. Uh, there's pure speech, which is like people speaking or, or the written word. And there's also actions that people take that are intended to convey a message. It's not pure speech, but but it is um, it is expressing an idea. An example of that is flag burning. Okay, somebody may take uh, the American flag or, or any other flag and set it on fire as as part of a a protest. They're trying to get some kind of message across. It's not nobody is speaking. Nobody's written any words, and yet that is communicative activity. And uh, in fact, that's something that the Supreme Court has said is protected by the First Amendment. There are there are some actions um, that convey an idea that are going to be protected, and there are some actions that that uh, convey an idea, but that's not the main point of them. And and that's part of what the what the court deals with. Yes, sir. You have the you have the same right to burn a gay flag that you do to burn an American flag. Okay. So if they said so if the city passed an ordinance that said nobody's allowed to burn a gay flag, that would be unconstitutional. Now, if the city passed an ordinance that said you can have no open fires in the city without a without a permit or without certain conditions, then that would be a restriction on setting fires. It's not specifically a, a restriction on on 
burning one flag or another. So, um, so you know, so so that's kind of basic. That that the 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 First Amendment uh, protects us primarily against government action. It doesn't it doesn't protect us against private action. So um, you know, if you are on private property. Uh, the person that owns that private property has the right to control, you know, what what happens there for the most part. So if you um, decide that, uh, you know, I've, I've heard of some people, they'll, they'll take gospel tracts and they'll go through a store and they'll stick gospel tracts in the pockets of the clothes that are hanging on the racks in the store. OK, if the people in the store don't want you to do that. It doesn't violate your free speech rights for them to say, don't put gospel tracts in the pockets of our clothes that we're trying to sell. Um, so, you know, someone controlling private property for the most part has the right to, to you know, to say what, what can and cannot happen there. And there's exceptions to that. But, um, but that's a general rule is that the, the, the First Amendment restricts government activity government restrictions on your on your speech okay so this is private property where we are right now you're having a, a church service and somebody wants to come in and start protesting in the back of your church and saying something about gay rights or abortion or, or whatever um, interrupting your church service they don't have the right to do that here because this is private property and you have the right to exclude them and say that this is not what we're about we're not we're not allowing that here um and so you know you you have the right to control your your property so anyway so that's the first thing and uh of course signs tracts and preaching are all really pure forms of speech and uh there are uh cases which i've got in the booklet uh in case you need them um that specifically say that that each of those activities is protected by the first amendment um sometimes someone will complain about the fact that you're standing on the sidewalk handing out literature um or that you're uh preaching or displaying signs and um and they'll call the police and Usually what happens when someone calls the police about someone that's evangelizing is the police come because when somebody calls the police, they respond, even if from the very call itself, they could tell, well, this doesn't sound like a crime is being committed. They're still going to come out when somebody complains. And sometimes um, they will try to uh, try to, to shoehorn your evangelistic activity into a disturbing the peace or disorderly conduct um, box because somebody's complained about it. But uh, it is not sufficient uh, for, 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 uh, for your preaching or, or evangelizing to be illegal. It's not sufficient that somebody didn't like it or somebody complained. That doesn't make it disorderly. That doesn't make it disturbing the peace. Um, so for, for disturbing the peace or disorderly conduct, there has to be a clear and present danger of inciting an immediate breach of the peace. So, yes, sir. You ever have any experience with uh, local law trying to uh, limit 
the support uh, on which you put your sign uh, here in Tennessee, they have been known to um, get rid of signs because they have a substantial stick mm -hmm. sign and they will charge you for carrying a stick or something for the purpose of going armed. I mean, it's it's kind of a strange. I mean, you can get yeah, you, you can get charged for a walking stick around here if they if they really want to make it stick. Yeah, and, um, uh, I've seen that um, like in Nashville, uh, where if you've got a going to carry a sign, maybe if it's a if it's a uh, rolled up cardboard too, mm -hmm. you can get away with it. But if it's a substantial wooden stick, they they will try to disarm you. Okay, you don't want your saying. You're saying we don't want an income tax. They'll definitely try to get that away from you. Yeah. But um, that's one thing here in Tennessee that doesn't. Yeah, I've 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 seen that argument made. Um, I haven't. I don't have experience with with an actual law or ordinance that said that it's illegal to carry a stick. I've had uh, back in the Mount Dora Art, Art Festival. That was one of the things that that the the police came up with. Oh, that that pole that your sign is on could be used as a weapon, and yes. you know, and you you see people have you know other sculptures and things that they bought at the art show that could be used as a weapon, but. Um, you know, so I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'd have to see exactly how the ordinance is, is written and, and, uh, you know, and how it's, and also not only how it's written, but also how it's enforced. Um, so yeah, that, that could be problematic. Yes, sir. Well, don't like what he's saying. How about there's not an ordinance? They're just like saying that to you. Yeah. Well, that's we'll we'll get into that in detail. We're gonna we're gonna have a whole section on dealing with the police, and uh, and we ha I have some very specific guidelines um, for for what to do, and I'll explain those to you um, as as we get there. So anyway, so uh, on the other hand, there is a constitutional concept called fighting words. And the, the definition of fighting words, uh, this is from a United States Supreme Court decision, personally abusive epithets, which are inherently likely to provoke violent reaction. P part of that quote is personally abusive epithets um, directed at an individual or a group of individuals, okay? So in other words, uh, an insult, you're calling somebody names, um and uh and it's it's something so so outrageous in our culture that it's likely to produce um you know a, a provoke a violent reaction right away that those are those are fighting words um that is different than what you hear um people talk about hate speech Hate speech, um, actually, under First Amendment law, there is not a, a constitutional concept of hate speech. The courts do not talk about hate speech. It is, it, it, there are, there are certain, certain types of speech that are not protected. Fighting words is one of them. Um, obscenity is another one. Um, but hate speech, speech that somebody finds 
hateful or insulting. Um, that is not, um, some people have argued that, oh, well, that's, that's not protected by the First Amendment. You shouldn't be allowed to use hate speech. And, uh, but that the, the Supreme Court has specifically said that speech that is hateful is still protected by the Constitution. And um, now, as a Christian, you, I can't think of any situation in which you would want to use hateful speech. Um, you know, and certainly you can't think of any situation where you would want to use fighting words. But the thing is, what's hateful in one person's eyes is not hateful in another person's eyes. So, you know, if, if you say, you know, that, that um, Jesus is the only way to heaven and, uh, you know, Muhammad is a false way and, you know, whatever, you, you know, that people will say, well, you're being hateful and you shouldn't be allowed to say that. Well, you are allowed to say that, um, but you're not, you're not, you're not being hateful, but they just call it hateful, you know, and so, um, so the hate speech is protected by the First Amendment. Um, and then another another thing that they use sometimes to try to shut down a speaker is they say, well, there's so many people here that, that are upset at what you're doing or upset at your message that um, we're afraid that they may cause a breach of the peace. You haven't done anything you know, you're not using fighting words. You're not you're not inciting a riot. But yeah, and sometimes it's one other person. You know, so, somebody calls the police. They're you know they're down here, you know, trying to shove their religion down people's throats. And and um, you know, I don't, I don't want it. Um, you know, they they will try to to shut you down. Uh, the the legal concept it's called a heckler's veto where somebody that somebody or a group of people that don't want to hear the message they try to they become loud they become unruly they try to shout you down and the police come and they say oh we've got a problem here this is you know now we're now we're on the verge of disturbing the peace and so what they're not supposed to do is say okay the speaker has to stop speaking what they're supposed to do is say it's to get the crowd under control. They're not supposed to um, to say, "Well, you know, this is this is too unpopular of a message, so we're going to make you stop." The the whole one of the main ideas of the First Amendment is that uh, the government cannot stop you from expressing an idea that's unpopular um, or that that people don't want to hear. You, we have we have the right to do that, even if there's you know, people that are that are trying to shout us down. So, um, also, uh, there's no right to freedom from speech. We hear that from the police a lot, or from people complaining about our street preaching. That uh, yeah, we understand you have the right of free speech, but these other people that out here that they don't want to hear it, they have a right to not hear it. Well, under the Constitution, in a public venue, that's not true. Okay, what, what the what the Supreme Court has said is if they're in a public place and there's somebody is presenting a message that they don't want to hear, they can walk away. If it's a sign that they don't want to read, they can look away. 
They, they don't have the right to make you not have your message out there in a public venue. They're, they just have to have to deal with it. And that's part of how our society works. It's part of how our democracy works. Um, you know, the, the court talks about it um, in terms of our political system that, you know, there has to be free exchange of ideas. There has to be open and vigorous debate in order for a democratic republic for people to um you know to govern themselves and and to have have uh you know decisions made and that kind of thing um but it, it's not it's not limited to to political issues and um and so anyway the the court uh protects and by the way it's not a a democrat versus republican thing i mean a, a lot of these uh, of these First Amendment decisions from the Supreme Court are unanimous decisions, or some of them are, you know, eight to one, or sometimes there'll be there'll be a split in in how the the justices decide. They all came to the same conclusion, but they came there by different by different means. Some some justices say, well, this is the proper legal analysis, and the other justices say, well, no, this is the proper legal analysis. But either way, they get to the same result that that speech is protected and that the government shouldn't have overstepped its bounds. So, um, so anyway, so there's no right to, uh, to freedom from speech. Um, but there, I need to say this also, there also have been situations where someone, the speaker is so aggressive and so obnoxious in their approach that they go outside of protected speech. You know, you try to talk to somebody, offer them a gospel track, they say, no, thank you, and they walk away. And you follow after them, you know, and you're like right on their shoulder and you're continuing just badgering them and, you know, and, and being obnoxious to them. Um, that's not that's not the kind of uh, you know you're out in a public place you can proclaim your message you don't get to um, you know to to follow someone and and shout in their ear that you know you really need this or you're going to hell that's that's not you know that's not allowed and if you do something by the way uh, if you do something uh, that it, that crosses over into unprotected speech. If you are out there preaching the gospel and in the course of preaching the gospel, you use fighting words, they can shut you down and say, you know, that this, you know, you're using fighting words. And even if 90% of what you're saying is, is good, protected, appropriate speech and 10% is using fighting words, once you've crossed that line and and you're doing something that the that the first amendment doesn't protect then the police are not wrong to make you stop so you don't want to you don't want to cross that line and um so um so we need to we need to understand that be respectful of that so um the next thing after determining whether we're dealing with protected speech or not is to determine um, whether we are in what the courts have called a traditional public forum. And uh, that's, where, that's where we usually 
will want to be when we're doing our ministry. We want to be in a traditional public forum, forum, such as a public park, a public sidewalk, public streets. Those are places which um, traditionally for hundreds of years, places where, where people in the community have gathered um, for social interaction, for exchange of ideas, um, for making announcements, whatever, that, you know, a, a place that, that has been a place where, you know, where ideas have been exchanged, that's a traditional public forum, and that's where our, um, where our uh, First Amendment rights are, are the strongest. Um, so, sometimes you can have private property that actually is considered a traditional public forum, even though it's not public, it's private. Um, you can have private property that is treated as a traditional public forum for First Amendment purposes. And um, basically, if you have um, a, a place that has um, a sidewalk that is part of a sidewalk that goes, you know, all along the the street and that's what what people use to and sometimes they'll be they'll be designated there'll be a specifically an easement um for public use but even if there's not an easement a, a formal written easement for public use if you have a a sidewalk that is on private property but it functions as a public sidewalk and it's indistinguishable from other public sidewalks and it connects to other public sidewalks the general rule is that that is also treated as a public sidewalk um but it it gets complicated it's not always so but i just want you to know that that it's not for example you have a you have a shopping center and out by the highway on the perimeter of the shopping center is a sidewalk that goes you know from one side to the other side just crosses the whole front of the shopping center then you have the parking lot and then you have right in front of the stores, you have a sidewalk there right in front of the stores. That sidewalk in front of the stores is a private sidewalk. It's on private property and it's not a public forum. But the sidewalk that's out by the road that connects to, you know, that goes for, you know, however many blocks in either direction, um, that's a public sidewalk, even if the private property owns the dirt under that sidewalk it's still going to be counted as a as a public sidewalk and if you're if you're out there holding a scripture sign by the highway the manager of the store can't come out and say you're not allowed to to do this and call the police and have the police make you stop you're on a public sidewalk and you you get to you get to stay there so um and this next this next thing is um, probably one of the the most important parts uh, for us to understand is is how specially permitted events work. Uh, and I have a handout on that specifically. Um, evangelism at public festivals and events. And um, so usually you have um, events. They'll they'll close down some streets. And they'll use the the paved streets for for festival booths to be you know displayed and and you know things like that, or they'll they'll take a park 
and they'll um, designate the park for a weekend for an art show or an antique car show or whatever it is they've got going on, pumpkin festival, whatever. And, um, and typically what happens is some private organization will, uh, will get a permit to use that property for their event and, um, and the public is invited. And so thousands of people come there. And so we say, this is great. We've got thousands of people all gathered together in one place. Let's go down there and pass out tracts and, and let people know about Jesus. And the problem is um, the people that are running the event, they have it in their mind. Well, we, we paid a fee and we got a permit. This is our park for the weekend. And we don't want these other people there. This is our private property just for the weekend. And that's not the correct legal analysis. It's not their private property for the weekend. Um, it's still a public park and it's still a public venue if there's free access in and out of the, the park. Now, if they put a gate around it and put a fence around it and you have to go through a gate and pay a fee or have a ticket to get in, then if then it does become their private use it's not a it's not a traditional public forum for that event um it's they they get to exclude who they want to exclude but most of these types of events that we go to they don't do that they they invite everybody they want everybody to come and if there's a free flow in and out of the venue then it's still a public venue and you still have a right to go in there and pass out your literature there and hold signs yes sir what if they have that event not as you know three coming in and not as hey this is for profit chaos but what if they have where it's a donation accepted um i would say i would say that that that's i'd have to i probably have to research that I, my gut reaction is if they're letting people in you don't have to have a ticket you don't have to pay um, you know, a, a, a fee to get in, then, then it's open to the public. Yeah. Because it's optional if you want to give money. Right. Yeah. Right. The man for it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, if somebody has rented a park and a lot of times they'll do this so the, they they rent the park and there's a an amphitheater there or they they put up a stage and they've got uh somebody making speeches or somebody singing songs or they've got something going on that the people that have come there uh you know to to take part in this thing they're there to listen to what's what's being spoken from that stage um if that's the case you can still go in there and pass out tracks and stuff, but you can't disrupt their event. They have a First Amendment right to get their message out. And uh, so you can't go in there with bullhorns and start preaching Bible verses while they're trying to make their speeches or, or give their song. You can't you can't drown them out. Um, you, you have to allow them to do what what they're there for. And um, so not only would it be, a, again, a bad, a bad testimony for you out there just being obnoxious, but also you don't have the right to, to uh, prevent them 